It's another Trump bonus episode. It's just Rob, Engineer Joey, and a pocket full of dreams as we look at a band full of crooked superheroes. It's the Slapstick Family Tree on Checkered Past, the Skycast. What up, Checkerheads? Welcome to Checkered Pass, the Scott Castle with Celine and Rob, the show where uh, Scamedia del Cover Arte, and uh, these are not my pantomimes, a comic opera, explore the history and impact of a different band each episode and hope to bring in new fans along the way. I'm Rob, and this is my co-host with the most toast, Engineer Joey. Hi, and... Huh? <laughs> Scamedia del Cover Arte. So do you know what Comedia del Arte is? No. Super old-timey Italian comedy theater. Okay. Which, it's like, they only have, like, five characters that have to be in every single performance. Oh, kind of like like Panto. Which is the next one. These are not my pantomimes, a comic opera. Ah, okay. Which is what that was. So this is the Italian version. It's Commedia della Arte, and I said Scamedia della Cover Arte. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. That was a pretty good one. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Not great. No. <laughs> not bad. I mean, that's this whole, whole podcast. <laughs> These are not my <laughs> pantomimes. A comic opera. That's all right. That's a Five Iron Frenzy reference. Anyway, hi, uh, Joey. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with our our uh, topic today, but... um, There was a reason. I can't remember. <laughs> okay, maybe we'll come back to you. Yeah, it's gonna have to come back to me. Why did I do comedy stuff? I can't. Oh, ah, oh, oh, I get it. Now. Yes. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, so Ooh, fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, that makes it better, actually. Like yeah. it actually like improved it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right now, I'm like, okay, that, well, those were very good. Sweet. All right. Should we pick it up where we left off? Yeah, let's do it. Pick it up. This episode feet Celine. This episode feet Celine. Yeah, just now. Oh, she got a feature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this beer's already cracked. So uh, there's a tab falling off. <laughs> um, we're fueled by sea change. Yeah, I had drank. Well, this is a double record, so I had my delicious uh, blonde ale before we got on. Um, and uh, yeah, so my the pick it up. I don't have a story, but okay. uh, for people who want to talk books, Joey, I've done. I've done it. You've done it. I am caught up on Cosmere. Nice. So that's anybody big, following that's along big. at home, Joey is a big Brandon Sanderson big fan. Sanderson guy, yeah. Uh, big Cosmere fan, which is uh, the world building around all the books. Yeah, it is, uh, it is his interconnected yeah. universe of books. Which I, I I could not even count how many that would account for that I've read at this point. There are a lot. Uh, 7, 11, 12, uh, 13, 14. Uh, 18, 20s, probably in the 20s. It's got to be in the 20s. 20s. So I, I crushed them all in the last, I don't know, year and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. I got through them all. And they're big books. Some of them are big books. Some of them Stormlight, are the Stormlight books are big. big books. So, yeah. But I'm caught Mostly up. Mostly audio, right? All audio. Oh, uh, no, yes. I think there was a few I read in the Oh, yeah, because you had a physical like, way of kings and stuff, didn't you? Yeah, and I got a couple from the li- library yeah. where the I like li- to. Library? Where I like to get my books, my mm. books. Uh, but I'm caught up. Hell but yeah. But I would let you know. 
That, I, that's that very, very exciting. I, I'm very excited. Uh, I love... So, so now there is no spoiler you can give me. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are many for listeners, I'm sure. But uh, oh, that, that, that's, that's why I'm fun. bringing it up. That, that's fun privately. <laughs> um, yeah, Brandon Sanderson. If, if you, like, if you are unfamiliar, uh, he writes, like, fant- sci-fi, fantasy mm-hmm. and sci-fi, a yeah. little bit of both. Uh, he has multiple series. He does some YA work. He does some adult work. Um, he took over the Wheel of Time series when mm-hmm. Robert, Robert Jordan, Jordan was becoming too old to make it happen. Uh, and he actually co-wrote several of the books with him before Robert Jordan passed away and they completed the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, his the Cosmere is like, uh, he has several pillar kind of stories like uh worlds where they have different magic systems but they all exist in the cosmere which is his universe and all of these different magic systems all actually kind of stem from the same magic system yeah they'll follow the same rules because yeah, he's he's a proponent of hard magic systems yes where the magic has it can't be just like i'm a wizard i cast a spell yeah it has to be like there are there's a reason why you can cast magic. There are certain criteria that have to be in place in order for yeah. the magic to work. There has to be downsides and upsides to all of them. So it's actually yep. like a sci- it follows scientific principles. That, that's that's it. It's like, magic that follows a, that follows scientific principles. Yeah. And basically, it boils down to the magic that they use in the Cosmere is and is energy, right? Yeah. And the different magic systems throughout the Cosmere are different ways for humans to access that mm-hmm. energy, but they have to pay a cost for it, basically. And the, the cost is different on every world. And different worlds have more magic, and different worlds have less magic. And it, it's all fucking fantastic. Real yeah, magic theory. Good. Real yeah. magic theory. Um, still the best one is Emperor Soul, by a mile. Still the yeah? best one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's your favorite? So good, that's incredible, and it's a short story. Yeah, so fucking good, and absolutely next level cosmic. Not only is it good from a cosmere perspective, but it's great from an actual writing perspective, right? Because it's about the nature of art and whether or not it has to follow certain sets of rules or not, and it's fucking awesome. And while it's talking about that in the story, it's also presenting how to use the magic of that world with a different set of rules than yeah. the originally set up rules from another book on that world. That's right. Which is pretty like, it's crazy how you can just do that. Yeah. And it, it all makes sense. Yeah. It all makes sense. It's, it's, it's very confusing when you first start getting into it. And I've reread many of the books, especially the main series, the Mistborn and the Mistborn is still the best play. I, I think I started in the right place. Mistborn. The yeah. first book is the right place to start. Yeah, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna yeah. try and get into Sanderson, I would recommend yeah. starting with the first Mistborn era because they're they're faster reads. Like that, like the first era of Mistborn is longer than the second era for yeah. sure. Uh, the, the second era are just like real quick. Like they're like two hundred eighty pages. pages. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're real, super fast. real fast books. Uh, but generally speaking, that whole series moves quicker than like Stormlight is his like the Game epic. of Thrones. Yeah, right. Like it's his fantasy epic. Whereas Mistborn is uh, a little more intrigue. Yeah, it's I more would of a say. mystery. More mystery. Um, yeah, and uh. What was I going to go with that? Anyway, I, I was going to say, it's funny that we keep, like, I, there's so many people I talk about this to uh, that don't know what 
Brandon Sanderson and the Cosmere is, but he is the biggest selling fantasy author in the world by a margin. He uh, like it's it, crazy. The yeah. four he put out four books this year as yeah. part of a Kickstarter campaign. It was yeah. the biggest Kickstarter campaign ever. Yeah. So it's it's people probably don't even know who he is, but he is like the biggest fantasy author in the world right now, which is wild. Yeah. Um, and he crushes it. I, I'm a huge fan. I, I love all his books. So next for me is I'm going back to the Expanse. I'm on book four. Um, also so fucking good. Yeah. And then Loved that I have series. a big plan to read a lot of books this year. And I'm going back to Discworld. I'm on book 12. Discworld is my favorite series ever, period, like for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to finish Hitchhiker's Guide. Like the I'm on book three there. And I don't know. Mostly I don't, I don't read anything that's not fantasy sci-fi generally. I yeah. like an escape. Yeah, I do not like uh, Celine. I know reads a lot of like biographies and stuff. Yeah, not interested. I, I, I have to read self help books for work, and they generally drive me crazy. So I try to avoid that in my free time. I like listening <laughs> to her stuff secondhand, yeah. but I am also like a I like yeah. fiction. Um, yeah, all fiction, sci fi, fantasy. It's my way to go. Yeah, maybe a yeah. mystery now and then. Yeah, yeah, but not like mystery. a pot boiler. Like I need something with a little bit more like sustenance to it. Like not like Coombs or whatever. Yeah, I. Uh, this is gonna be kind of silly sounding, but I ended up with when I was uh, subscribed to audible. Mm-hmm. One of the giveaways that they had was like the entire Sherlock Holmes collection. Nice. Uh, and it was, um, uh, what's his name? The narrator, Fry, Stephen Fry, Stephen Fry. I don't know how I just thought of that. Yeah. Stephen and Fry. it was so fucking good. Oh yeah. I, I I'd be into that. I'd be into dude, I, I love uh, it. Yeah. I, I love the Sherlock Holmes like stories, but like having Stephen Fry narrate them yeah. specifically was yeah. Chef's kiss. Very good. My plan is to read a physical book and have an audiobook going at the same time uh, at all times. So I I'll, don't know if I'll I have a whole that. lot of plans for this year except for uh Stormlight 5 comes out in December. So, yeah, at the so, end of the year. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so at some <laughs> point before then I'll I'll re-listen to Stormlight 4, mm. Rhythm War, just to get caught back up. I usually the last when Rhythm of War when Rhythm of War came out, I re-listened to all three of the first books. That's a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was also like a- at a point where I could listen to a lot more audiobooks. Mm. Just my life was just it was easier f- or out and about. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing more driving. So it was right. easier for me to crush audiobooks quicker. So yeah, I will hit Rhythm of War before December for sure. But who knows what will happen in the meantime, book wise? Who knows, man? All right. That was our book talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get into the episode. Uh, today we're talking about slapstick. So before I get too deep into it, mm-hmm. Joey, who is slapstick? Do you know who slapstick is? Are you uh, familiar? All I know is that they are some members of Alkaline Trio. Okay. Uh, they were. Um, I cannot decide whether their name comes from comedy or from hockey. Oh yeah, no, they're not like slap shot. Okay. Well, there's a band called Slap Shot, and they're from uh, Boston, and I believe they're. Named after a hockey it's thing. A hockey yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then, then, yeah, it must be a comedy thing. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, I don't really know. I've never really, I never really taken any effort to listen back. Just mostly Ooh. the the jokes that you've made on on pod are <laughs> most of my history with slapstick. You're in for a treat today. Is we're gonna do something a little different. So okay. there's something famous about slapstick, and uh, I will I'll get into it more as the episode goes on, but. We're not only going to be talking about the band Slapstick today. We're actually going to be talking about a lot of different bands today. Oh, Betty's talking about something right now. Yeah, I hear Woof Woof I Betty. Got, I think you guys can hear it. She's really going. Oh, that's just someone coming into her house. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> They're really going for it, though. 
Uh, so let's start. Let's start by playing a slapstick song. That's the best place to start. This is a song called "Almost Punk Enough." Edit point. Good. What year would you say this is? Ninety-five, right in there. So they were ninety-three to ninety-six this last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very suicide machinesy. Yes. Yeah. Especially the vocal delivery. Yeah. And this part. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff yeah that's fun so this is from their one and only full-length album look it that was look released it. look it look yeah. at this album look at this album look at this thing i mean yeah it was on asian man of course mm. or no it's actually on dill pre-asian man oh yeah. and then asian man uh more to come on that okay. yeah okay. but 93 to 96 so they actually did follow the skank and pickle rule of thumb which was break up before ska gets famous right um <laughs> Which is, and so they're extremely influential. They're from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Suicide Machines reference, uh, like, like, I wouldn't say they're influenced by each other, but definitely like the Midwest ska style. That would be the connection. Like, yeah. yeah, just like general. that Yeah. The music of that area, kind of. Yeah, yeah. You got it. And so they're like really rough and tumble, uh, very punk, very punk adjacent more than they were a ska band for sure. Yeah. Um. And it was made up of six members. This is a, a, a small band. You had uh, Dan Hannaway on the trumpet. Okay. You had uh, Pete Anna on the trombone. Uh, you had Dan Adriano on the bass and vocals. That's Matt a name Stamps. That I know. There's some names you'll know. Yeah. Matt Stamps on guitar. Rob Kellenberger on the drums. And Brendan Kelly on the vocals. I recognize that name too. Yeah. So this yeah. is going to be a fun uh, little episode. And what we're going to do, so those names are important, and I'm going to try my absolute fucking damnedest to keep their names straight. Because <laughs> what we're doing is the famous Slapstick family tree, okay. which is all the bands that spun off of Slapstick, and okay. there are a shitload. And it's a lot of like interconnected members, almost all of them from Chicago, uh, except for a couple notable exceptions. Uh, and it's a, it's it's going to be interesting. And so we're going to play a song from each of these bands. Cool. What I'm going to do is play the song, and then we'll explain the band and which members of Slapstick were involved. The connection. In it, the connection Slapstick. pieces. Okay. And these are not going to just be Slapstick into band. It's going to be Slapstick into band, into band, into band in some cases. Oh, we're going right down. The oh, yeah. We're okay. going down to the present day. So we're, this we're is going to get. We're like a J.R.R. Tolkien, totally yeah. like a This d- is the Silmarillion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If we're going to talk books still, this, yeah. is, this is the Silmarillion. <laughs> I'm actually currently just like watching through Lord of the Rings <laughs> passively as well. So perfect. All right, so this song is called 15 Minutes. Let's go shopping today. Wow, this is so Midwest like punk of that time. So much. Back to when I was 
compilation CDs I bought in the mid 90s. You nailed it. It was yeah. that mid 90s, 90 this was a band called The Broadways. Okay. Between 96 and 98. This is an Asian man band. And I believe that was Danny Adriano singing. That was Brendan Kelly singing. Oh, okay. He uh, was a singer slapstick, moved back down to be the bassist vocalist of this band, and Dan Hanaway played trumpet in slapstick, played guitar and did the co-vocals. Okay. Uh, and, a, and a fellow named Chris McCon was also playing guitar and vocals in this band. And the drummer is Rob DePaolo. Sorry, I'm going to be listing a lot of names because it's very important to what we're doing here is to have all the names in place because it gets complicated. Okay. But yeah, Broadway's. They existed from 96 to 98. Real flash in the pan. So they were around when ska was popular. They could have just been slapstick a little bit longer and they probably would have gotten a couple national tours. But, you know. They weren't, they weren't terribly interested um, in that. Yeah, that, that really is. Um, I don't know how. Well, I mean, I just diving for like cheap punk comps at yeah. the time, the late 90s. Like, I was just, I would just buy whatever. Like, I would just go to like kids these days might not know, but you could just go to like a CD store back in the day and there would be like a punk section. But then there would be a section of the punk section that just said, comps mm-hmm. and you'd flip through those and sometimes there'd be like 38 songs that you've heard of one or two bands mm-hmm. but the cd was eight bucks so you bought it right and and I, and I had probably three or four compilations that came from small midwest labels and they all sounded like that yeah like and, every song and since they were an asian man band asian man was probably one of the big perpetrators of that too with yep. the mail order is fun plea for peace i mean the ska comps that they did, uh, misfits of ska comps, like yeah. So the there were fit on the label that they were on to to do that exact thing, which is be totally. comp fodder. Yeah, 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 definitely. But I mean, but also like it's kind of one of those things. Like it, it doesn't really fly. Like comps are easy to do now because of the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in the day, it was like you. A lot of times, you didn't really have any other way of finding out about these bands if you weren't in their market. Yeah, for sure. So like. You know, paying eight or ten bucks for thirty songs was not only budget friendly for like a fourteen year old, but also it like introduced you to like bands that you probably never would have heard otherwise because yeah. they were just too small to get into your market, right? Like they well, these bands were gonna tour to fucking Winnipeg even, <laughs> let alone yeah. to where I was living no fucking eight kidding, hours yeah. north of Winnipeg, right? Like yeah, it was comps. Yeah, <laughs> comps. 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 All right, let's go to the next song, and I'll explain who it is. Yeah. And click in. So, contemporaneous. It's the same time frame as the other song okay. here. This sounds like the weaker than's version of that other band being propagandy. <laughs> I don't associate the weaker than's with a lot of... Like electric guitar, I always felt like they were kind of acoustic y, but maybe I'm remembering mm, wrong. I was a bit mellower than, ah, yeah, right? Yes. But as a uh, how to clean everything defender, 
that's right. also yeah I know one of those guys one of those guys <laughs> Definitely getting emo, emo weird for sure. We are in Chicago. Yep. We're, we're moving into the realm of emo. Yeah. The song is called Goodbyes Have Been Said. This style of music reminds me of my buddy Phil. He's just like loved this style of yeah. Midwest emo, still, I'm not like the biggest emo fan. Midwest emo, I would take over more modern emo variants, I'd say, Mm -hmm. uh, because there was like more like vocal harmonies. There was a little bit rougher production. I guess the like the second wave emo had like way too crisp production for my taste. Yeah. um, That's a band called Tuesday, 96 from to 99. And uh, that's Dan Adriano on, Uh on the bass and the vocals. There it is. Uh, Matt Stamps from Slapstick uh, brought his guitar with him, and and Rob Kellenberger uh, was on drums. So those are the three uh, Slapstick people, plus and, Tyler Wiseman. Oh, plus one other person. Plus one, yeah. So three Slapstick people, plus one. That's a pretty wildly yeah. different sound. Than Slapstick. Than Slapstick. Yes. Like, like and the, literally the band they did next. Like, like the, the, right last, the last yeah. song was like, like a, a progression that made sense. Right. This is quite far from where we started already. Yeah. Uh, and we're only three songs in. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, we're, we're going further. All right, the next one I think will be one that uh, you and or the listeners may recognize. I've heard this one once or twice. Yeah, we've heard this. I mean, I can just spoil it now. This is less than Jake. <laughs> if you haven't recognized it already. How many of you listeners out there couldn't recognize that? Did not know that that was less than Jake. I can listen. I can list all the people that were in the band at the time, but whatever. It, it This is um, Hello Rock View, Borders and Boundaries era, less than Jake. And uh, Pete Anna, who played trombone and slapstick, joined in for... He's honking. He's honking on the bone. He's honking. Yeah. Sweet. I will say the bass mix on Hello Rock View is fucking so good. Yeah. Like, yeah, Roger sounds amazing on this record. It's pretty great sounding record in general. It's just a really good sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds really good. Yeah. I try not to be like, I don't listen to Less Than Jake ever. Like, ever. Like, I've just done it already. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But then when I do stuff for the pod and I listen to this, I'm like, fuck, that's a good song. So <laughs> it sounds good. really yeah, good. I agree. I do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's probably that's probably i don't even want to say that's the biggest band that we're going to talk about it's pretty close okay um and that's definitely one of the biggest records that somebody played in although pete didn't really like i don't have anything past that in terms of this family tree this is like the one and done shot we have of pete anna uh right now i will say like i should mention this is not all encompassing 
literally everything. I pulled like a couple actual like images that people made of the family tree, and I used that as the jumping off point. There probably is umpteen million side projects and solo projects that I'm not talking about. This is not super comprehensive. There's only so much we can get done in an hour. This gentleman probably honked on something after this album. Absolutely. But for our purposes, Pete Anna was in one of the busiest, most popular times for Less Than Jake. Um, barring Anthem, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Good on him, too. All that honking on that song's hella good. All right, let's play this next song. I like this. Do you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll wait till it's done to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah, this rips. Doesn't it? Yeah. It fucking rips like crazy. I don't know if I've talked about this band on the pod before, but this is this is one of my absolute all-time favorite album, punk albums that I've ever been made. Wow. Yeah. I'm just gonna groove them. He's saying the title like a lot. Yeah, does tell us cut it. Yeah, this song's called Cut It Up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a band called the Lawrence Arms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking Lawrence Arms from the album Oh Calcutta, which is a fucking masterpiece. Uh, Lawrence Arms are like a good band, but that album in particular, that was their last fat record. That was the last one they recorded in like 10 years after that. That was the one after they got kicked off the Warp Tour for talking about how much the Warp Tour is a bunch of uh, sellouts and like <laughs> corporate bullshit and uh, Lehman was like get yeah. out yeah and this was the one time this was the first time where they decided to do dual vocals which was a really fucking cool idea yeah um, and it's awesome so Lawrence Arms Brendan Kelly Oh, that's and where I recognize that dang name that's from. That's where he's from. You know, you he's said the name the and, I, and I was like, I was like, yeah. Fat Mike. Yeah. There's a Fat Mike connection There's to that name, Mike but I could connection. not. I don't yeah. really listen to the Lawrence Arms. They're a little more in that, uh, like angry Springsteen kind of. <laughs> they get a little vein so for, and that, that's yeah. that's why I'm I'm lukewarm on them. Yeah. Like, uh, they're one of those bands where usually if someone puts on a song, I will enjoy it. Yeah. But they're a little too much in that zone for me to get into it my, myself, you know. And. Uh, I should mention the rest of the band. It's uh, Chris McCon from uh, the Broadway, so he dragged him along, and then Neil Hennessy is on the drum. So it's just the three of them. Um, and yes, they do. Brendan Kelly is very much so. This is the third band he's been in that we've talked about today. He is very much a songwriter, uh, right. and so yes, I can. You can hear like 
folky, almost like writing. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of an Americana element to it's it. It's the Americana yeah. thing that that really yeah. is like a, kind of the make or break for me. And I, I realize that it does appeal to a lot of people, so I don't yeah. – like I'm not even really shitting on it. It's just not for me, you and, know? And you'll definitely hear like um, we have at least one more thing from him later on. I think a couple actually. And uh, you'll notice what this songwriting is. It's very non-traditional in terms of like chorus versus chorus. Like mm-hmm. definitely likes to that. escalate the song as it goes along. Yeah. Like starts in one place. Build to a climax the- and then kind of more story style than yeah. like song 100%. pop song style. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'm a, I will say if there's one thing I want everybody to do after listening to this is listen to the record Old Calcutta. Uh, by the Lawrence Arms. Fucking amazing record front to back. Maybe I'll do it. Uh, Maybe okay. I'll do it. We got one more and then we'll take a break. This is the one that you tried to play. Yeah. You were really excited about playing it. Yeah. I don't know. I turned it up first and then I clicked it. I think I know which band this is. Which band is it? I think it's Alkaline Trail. Mm, you think so? It sounds a lot like Alkaline Trail. And I know they'll show up eventually. <laughs> Joey's just waiting for Alkaline Trio to show up. Oh, wait, no. No, that's not one of them, is it? No, it's a little too pretty for yeah. Alkaline Trio. A little too pretty. It was using all those yeah. fucking Matt Skiba chords, though. <laughs> Also, this song structure is very similar. I mean, they played music together forever, all these good people, right? So right. it makes sense. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. I like the, the harmonies are nice. Yeah. A little too jangly on the guitar for my liking. Yeah. Uh, that's a band called the Honor System, mm-hmm. and that is Dan Hanaway from the Broadways coming back, and from Slapstick, uh, guitar and vocals, and Tyler Wiseman, who was playing in Tuesday, the okay. previous yeah. um, emo-y type band, uh, and Rob from Broadway. So you can see how it's getting all connected now. <laughs> yeah. Rob from the Broadways, and the only newbie who hasn't been mentioned yet is Chris Carr on the bass. Um so yeah, they're like a they're an Asian man band. They existed between '99 and 2004. Okay, yeah, that, that they sound about right like smack that. in the middle again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty much a the version of Tuesday, I'd say, or the Broadway's kind of getting mixed together to create mm-hmm. what would have been an early aughts pre emo popular uh, kind of a band. Yeah, yeah, definitely so, like yeah. a like a, a an emo game era band, if yes. you will. I like it. If you will, that's um, an old ass reference. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we get back, we got a little bit more on the slapstick family tree. This episode of Checkered Past is brought to you by Blendjet. Slynn, you like to make smoothies. I make smoothies every single morning. Tell me about your smoothie journey. Well, I it's my only way I can get vegetables in my body because I like yummy brown golden fried delicious things. So I often call it my scurvy juice to prevent scurvy. What do you put in your smoothies every morning? Um, well, I am a little spinach bitch and a banana. G- uh, pro tip, bananas make every smoothie taste good. Okay, banana, chocolate oat milk, and some like legit peanut butter, a little bit of spinach. You're laughing and that tastes like a delicious treat. 
Well, I just got a blend jet. What? And I've actually been able to make my smoothies fresher because I'll put the ingredients in and take it with me to work because it's portable. And I'll make my smoothie like right, right, right before I drink it. You hit the nail on the head because BlendJet 2 by BlendJet is portable. So you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet. So you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. Lasts for 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. We got a couple BlendJet 2s. I got mine with like the black marble. It's like a fancy like it's very, faux marble Yeah, thing. it's it's got like kind of some doodly energy to it, yeah, I guess. a little mask. Uh, it's a little mask. I'm not a, always masked. I have masked. a leopard print I got, one. I do some fems. Leopard print? Talk to me about your leopard print. It's pretty fucking fun. There was another leopard print there was that we, another were, one. we were spying. I, but, like, it was rainbow leopard. It was Lisa fucking Frank. Lisa fucking Frank, Lisa y'all. Fucking Frank. There's all kinds of crazy-ass colors. That's one of the best things about BlendJet, too. So here's what you need to do. Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the Promer code. The Promer code. Use that Promer code, Checkered12, to Checkered get 12%, 12 off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code CHECKERED12 Checkered 12. to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Get it for your scurvy juice, Lisa fucking Frank. <laughs> Welcome back to Checkered Past. Joey and Rob here, and we're talking about the slapstick family tree. So let's get into the next track. It's called We've Had Enough. There, there. There it is. That's like, I think this is the song that I know it is. Please turn that fucking radio off, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got it. That's yeah. this one. Sounds good. Alkaline Trio's good. Especially this era. Oh, uh, sorry, yes. Uh, pre yeah. um, the Crimson. Pre the Crimson Alkaline yeah. Trio is for me. Post Crimson and Post is not for me. This is the, uh, yeah. When they're in the Misfits AFI mode, that's for me. That's The what most I, goth. The most goth. When they're the most goth. The yeah. most goth Alkaline Trio is the, the Alkaline Trio for me. Yeah, I love me too. it. Is this a live version or something? No, it was just the version I had, so I don't know. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. It just, I don't think it's the the album version from what I had, but who knows? Uh, this is, uh, yeah, we can talk over top. This, yeah, Alkaline Trios is from the album Good Morning. Uh, this is Dan Adriano. That's the. There you go. It's good harmony. Yeah. And he's uh, playing the, the bass and singing vocals with Matt Skiba. That's of Blink-182 Blink yeah <laughs> never fuck it I just could not believe that shit it was the craziest get you know I got I, I bought the LP of California, California right? because I because on. I was like you know what I'm gonna trust them I like Matt Skiba 
I like older Alkaline Trio. I like older Blink-182. Yeah. I'm going to do it. They put out that first that first single off that album was yeah. pretty good. I was like, I'm just going to buy it after that first single. I bought it and it spun up. it Hold once. Up. Yeah, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> I listened to it all the way through one time and it's been on my shelf since. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, so Alkaline Trio might be the biggest band that they've done, par, bar, barring less than J. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I feel yeah. like they're same levels of fame at different times. Yeah, I guess it depends. Like, uh, and so this would have been so Dan Adriano joined Alkaline Trio in '97. Okay, so he was actually not the first bass player; he was like the second or third bass player. Okay, so he came in after their that they had that singles comp or that like like pre first album compilation. Like he's not on that, and then right. he comes in a little bit later. Right, right, yeah. Um, but there's some fucking classic out. I like after doing this, like the first thing I did was re-listen to Lawrence Arms. Mm-hmm. Next thing on my list is to do an Alkaline Trio re-listen. Like I think I'm overdue. I really, yeah. um, Dan and Matt Skiba's like vocal uh, trade-off and yeah. stuff in that band is like the high point for me. Like yeah, they, they have sick. they have very similar vocal styles. Yeah. But different enough, like they're kind of one of those bands where, like, if you're not paying attention or you don't really know them, or it's your first time listening to an album, you might not even really notice, or it might take you a few songs to be like, "Oh, there's two guys singing." Yeah, you know what I mean. But then once you kind of tune into the two different voices, I really like the way they work together. It's yeah, and they're a little bit more like so they get compared with AFI all the time because they're like at the same time, like mm-hmm. it was like late '90s, early '00s. Yeah, they were doing the the Midwest version. Yeah. of california's afi, AFI thing and, yeah. yeah and they're like so they're more mid-paced not mm-hmm. as like like pedal to the metal as afi was and more more yeah. emo at the time more, yeah more emo time. adjacent yeah less skate punk influenced yeah they don't do all the big gang vocals that less AFI hardcore does. less hardcore yeah def- definitely and so yeah it's just another version of the same type of music but um like don't sleep on them alkaline trio great band yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned my buddy Phil uh, earlier in the mm-hmm. episode. This is this is his band. Yeah. His first two tattoos were uh, the the heart, the Alkaline Trio heart, yeah, and uh, skull and cross bolts because he's a big um, Death by Stereo fan as well. There you go. So his first two tattoos were those two on the back of his calves, which is sick. <laughs> uh, let's go into the next song, uh, "Angels We Have Heard on High." Does this uh, sound familiar? to Angels you? we have heard when high. No. Oh. That's like when I'm standing behind an electric vehicle that's re- re- like reversing. They go, oh. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains. And the mountains in reply echo back their joyous strains. Oh, you recognize this song? It's a Christmas song, isn't it? It's a full-on just him. Yeah, it's, it's a church a song. Straight-up church song. Yeah. So this is a band called Duval, and okay. it is Rob Kellenberger from Slapstick. That's the Slapstick okay. connection. Do you know who Josh Caterer is? Is that name familiar? Does he like provide food? To yeah, people? he's like the caterer to all. Josh, Josh is catering. Yep. Josh is catering. Yep. He was, in a, he was the primary songwriter of a band called The Smoking Popes. Oh, okay. Cool. And uh, they broke up because he found Jesus. Uh, and here and we are. Here we are. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> so this so was did, the uh, did the slapstick guy also find Jesus, or is this just a gig? It's hard to say. Because well, because Josh is the famous guy. Josh Caterer was like he broke up smoking popes basically to talk about Jesus. So he's far more popular or famous for doing that. And then he eventually got the smoking popes back together, right? And to not talk about Jesus anymore. But like that's a whole other thing. So. There's a smoking pope's adjacency to slapstick. That's for sure. Can you imagine <laughs> um, something happening in your life that made it so you were like, "I have to do a hymn." Yeah, in the style of uh, music that I like, it's like a full album of hymns. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I mean, this there's is like no, the inside. No way he was doing one. Like yeah. I, I knew it was going to be a. But like <laughs> I just can't. Like, I can't imagine getting so into something and this being like, I need to take the lamest part of this <laughs> and then try and make it my cool thing that yeah. I do. Cause like, and he just made like some kind of indie pop punk nonsense covers. Like, it's also not, I would not even call that a very worship music, man. Yeah. PW. Just, just write it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just. That is, I don't get it. That is by far their most popular song, too. It's just because <laughs> it's a hit. Yeah. It's like people it, already know it. It's part of the great. It's an interpolation. The kids yeah. love interpolations. It's like part of the songbook. You know what I mean? It's like the real it's book. Like, it's like a standard. God's the, real book. God's real book. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, they, they were operated between 2001 and 2006. That was the time that this was taking place. Five years out of that? Yeah, two albums, five years. Oh, what was the other? Was the other album all hymns? No, that one was originals. Yeah. Oh God, that that's God the P and W. That's yeah. the P and W. Yeah, one God album, and then he had one cover hymn cover album. And no, I'm not talking about covers of the Finnish uh, goth rock band hymn. <laughs> That'd be a sick. That'd be a sick album. Uh, this is such. A, this is such a specific joke, and it's stupid. Um, whenever if I get. E- <laughs> <laughs> if like there are too many if there's too many mosquitoes out <laughs> I always go I'm being eaten alive by bugs <laughs> that's good <laughs> uh, shout out Bill Vallow uh, yeah you like Scar <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> Jake Matter Scar <laughs> Scar not tweet at Bill Vallow Bill Vallow see if he likes I'm, Scar or not I'm not sure if he and he's a wasn't he like in adult films too I feel Probably. like he's like something. Yeah, he's like a fancy, seems, fancy boy. Seems like a guy that would do that sort of thing. Yeah, he's got he's got that uh, like, and he's like a, a short king too. Apparently, yes, yeah, he's a short king, which is crazy yeah. for a Finn. Like you think he'd be like tall? Maybe that's why he's so famous because yeah. he sticks out because he's small. Yeah, you go listen to him. You know what? Nothing wrong with him. I'm just gonna say it right now. It's perfectly fine. Goth rock. Goth rock. Fucking sweet. Very, yeah. I had a big hymn. I had my, when I worked at. You know what? Fuck. Just go back and watch CKY2K. Yeah. Why just, not? Just listen to some CKY, listen to some hymn, watch some idiots slap each other yeah. dressed up as Skeletor. Good stuff. Yeah. What else was in that? 69 Eyes. That was another, eyes. that was another band that, uh, yeah. what's his pickle was really into. Oh yeah. Uh, um, Bam. Bam Margera. Bam Margera. Bam Margera just like trying to find ways to get Scandinavian goth bands into, into the U S. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, good on him. Good on, yeah, absolutely. Of all the things, Actually, I think he was a big Turbo Negro. I, I was, I was just yeah. gonna say, I bet you the first time I, I heard Turbo Negro was probably from, from CKY, CKY yeah. or something. Yeah, at my at the first job I ever had at Sunshine Video Music Station in uh, St. Paul, Alberta, Canada, um, the guy I worked with, Jay, uh, he had super long hair, hated punk rock, but he had a big heartogram tattoo, 
uh, and he was like the biggest him fan. And, that makes yeah, sense. It was quite something. <laughs> hates Our, punk rock. <laughs> hates punk rock. Hates it. <laughs> uh, all right, on to the next one. Now we're in emo town. Such a weird vocal delivery. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Any trace of dignity. Keep it underground. Keep any memory of us. He sounds like a low energy Theo from God. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta take my bike and throw it into the river. Yeah. yeah. This is pretty sweet. I like this, like, emo-y with horn thing. It's cool. So, Pat Ford is the guitarist and the vocals. He's the one person in this band we haven't talked about. Okay. The band's called Colossal, which is okay. quite a name. Yep. Um, they operated between 2003 and 2007. Okay. They're, they're possibly back together. Rob Kellenberger, once again, on the drums. Mm-hmm. And Eli Caterer, who was in the previous Duval band as well. Okay. Brother of Josh. Right. And Neil Hennessy on the drums, who was the drummer for the Lawrence Arms. Uh, okay. All connected. I liked that little riffy part, that little emo riffy thing going on. That was cool. So they're very post-rock influence. This was yeah. like emo post-rock, basically. Twinkle, twinkles. Very twinkly. Twinkly time. A lot of like hard stops in the music and then like just change ups all the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's good. The I, vocal the vocal delivery is the one thing that's a little off-putting, but the rest of it is pretty like musically ambitious. Yeah. Musically colossal, if I you will. Didn't really dive into kind of that era of mm-hmm. that style of post emo, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Like there are probably people who correct me on what that's called, but like mm. but I do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. it. It is there are Areas of like I don't know I I, kinda, I really dip in and out of emo through the ages right. like I I like a lot of it but a lot of kind of the quintessential stuff doesn't do it for me I find like yeah. like I find people be like oh this kind of this band is emblematic of this era of emo and I'll listen to them and be like oh I that sounds like this other less big band right. and I prefer them you know yeah. even though they practically sound identical like for some reason I just I don't know but that particular era with that style of like kind of post rocky stops and starts and weirdness with the twinkly slidey slidey twinkly riffs i like i I love a slidey twinkly riff it's good (laughs) slidey twinkly riff yeah all right over to the next one lazy boy 5000 is the name of this song big fan of that title that's good This is pretty poppy. You're probably wondering, how come we haven't heard from Brendan Kelly in a while? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's back. He is. <laughs> this is a band called The Falcon, and they're a super group. It's Brendan and Neil from The Lawrence Arms, plus... Guess who's on bass and vocals? Let's see if we can pick it up. Bass and vocals. Mike, fat Mike. 
Well, that wouldn't that be awesome? It would have come, that would have come up on the Noah Effect yeah, pre-show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. Danny Triano. Oh, okay. I should have just <laughs> kept closer to home on yeah, this yeah. one. I thought this was going to be an out No, there. this is not out there. This is yeah. just another slapstick person. So basically it's the Lawrence Arms meets Alkaline Trio. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean... That's probably not the best. That's a really popular song. It's got millions of streams, but I would say not emblematic of their one album called Unicornography, which is such a fucking <laughs> awesome name. <for laughs> that is great. Lazy Boy, they, they were fucking on one with all these titles. I really I like the titles. It's a good album. It's worth listening to. It's a little weird. It's not as like straight up as this is the Lawrence Arms meets Alkaline Trio. It's a little bit more like at the time. Because when yeah, that, like album that came song out, sounded more. Uh, it was it the was sounds of those yeah. bands, but the song itself was more pop than yeah. either of those bands would right. have written. Right? This was mid aughts, I think. This album came out, Unicornography. I don't have that part. I know. I think the Falcon still does stuff now because they reissued that record recently. Um, but it's good. It's it's very interesting for a super group album. It's it's something else. I like uh, I like the idea of a super group. Um, coming together and doing something a little different. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like not just the same old, same old. Yeah, like yeah. like it's it is. There is something endearing about a supergroup that comes together, and you're like, yeah, all these people from all these bands are gonna do the style of music that I know them from, and that's rad. But like, if you get a bunch of people from a bunch of bands and they do something fucking weird, that's even radder. Yeah. <laughs> all right, this next song is called Chinese Lightning. Got the old tambo going on there. Yeah. First time we don't have anything that's punk or emo adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. Like a uh, garage rock, like yeah, uh, yes, the Strokes. Yeah, totally yeah. right. <laughs> this part's winning me over. Yeah, I wasn't cool. so into it before this, but this is cool. Yeah, it's kind of like like a 77 almost, but yeah. like more modern. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2005, this band's called Whale Horse. Whale Horse? Yeah. Man, they, they got real good at naming <laughs> stuff after a while. This is Dan Hannaway, back again, former trumpet player of Slapstick. Uh, this is after he was in that Honor System band. Which and he played guitar in, right? played guitar in, okay. and now he's back on guitar, yeah. Chris Carr is the bassist from the Honor System. Uh, Tyler Wiseman is the second guitarist from Tuesday. <laughs> wow. So and Scott cool. Anna is from Drums, uh, and he's new to this whole scene. Woo, this one is uh, this one was a hat in the hat inside the hat. Yeah. <laughs> we really had to go smokes. deep to get to Whale Horse. Wow. Woof. Sorry, I had a little bead of sweat getting through everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that their bands seem like they keep getting bigger, but they're just all of the same people plus yes. one other guy. <laughs> plus one other guy. Plus keeps happening that there's just guy. one new guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get into this next one. This song is called Suffer the Children Come Unto Me. So I know you're thinking, Rob, there's no way that Brendan Kelly had one more thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the solo thing. <laughs> oh, of course. 
He's not doing his his thing up here as much as he no. was before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. However, this is really falling into that the Springsteen thing yeah. for sure. Man, I should have referenced this one when I was a skeleton on Twitter in Halloween. <laughs> only you knew about this song yeah dang whoa he called <laughs> called me a bitch yeah for crying uh that's Brandon Kelly yeah he's really getting into that just uh, Brandon Kelly just, just yeah I think he had a little he had a little band no but I just mean but, he just called yeah, uh, and there's the name. It's like Brendan Kelly and the something or rather. I sure okay. wrote that down. But because he had and the backing band. Yeah, he has he has some stuff that's just him, and then he has some stuff with just the backing band. Yeah, isn't this just him thing more like folk punk kind of? Yeah. Well, okay. Maybe that was like, but, but I mean, very folk punk. Yeah, but yeah. but I mean, is like yeah, like so like a it'd be like him and an acoustic guitar. Yes, right. Or, that's yeah, only yeah. difference. Yeah, right, right. Um. So Brandon Kelly, some more some more stuff about him because this is where we're we're almost winding down this episode. Uh, Brandon Kelly is also a copywriter. That's also what he does for a day job. Okay. I believe he works in some kind of marketing department. This is a lot of bands for a guy with a day job. And he like has that. four bands. Four smokes. So just to catch you up, he was in Slapstick, The Broadways, The Lawrence Arms, The Falcon, and then he has a solo act. And, and then he and Lawrence yeah. Arms and solo act are still. As far as I know, well, the Lawrence Arms hasn't put out a new record in a while, oh, okay. but they're active, quote right. unquote. They're still active. Right. Well, because the, the guitar, the guitarist Chris McCon, he's his solo record, uh, solo band is called Sundowner. Okay. I'm sure you've heard of Sundowner. Yes, they're yeah. around, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're more. I think he's more active doing his solo stuff. Right. Um, Brendan Kelly, and people are like, hey, Rob, when are you going to mention this thing about Brendan Kelly? That's a fun internet fact. He runs a Twitter account called Nihilist Arby's. Oh, he's the Nihilist Arby's person. That's he's very funny. Not, well, which makes sense because he's such a fucking curmudgeon <laughs> <laughs> about like everything. So this makes a lot of sense. Nihilist Arby's is fantastic. It was one of the first things I, I followed when I joined or when I started using yeah. Twitter, I guess. Here's some Nihilist Arby's tweets. Tonight is half <laughs> a nation cries and the other half enthusiastically fucks members of their family. Remember, Arby's exists for now. <laughs> um, there's some more ones that are good. Uh, this turkey day, kill your neighbors and just live in their house. Have your kids build a pipeline over their corpses. Enjoy football. Eat Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> As you stuff corpse flesh into your revolting body today, consider a starving child. The same void awaits you both. Thanks for enjoying Arby's. <laughs> the same point awaits you both. And one of my personal favorites, what's long, black, and brutally fucks your mom? The eternal, terrifying non-sentience associated with mortality. <laughs> this Mother's Day, eat Arby's. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Nihilist Arby's, an incredible Twitter account ran by the one and only Brendan Kelly. Incredible. So let's go right back to the beginning and play a slapstick song because I need to remind everybody where we, started. where we started because we went through a lot of punk and emo bands that all came out of this band 
slapstick. There's a metalhead in the parking lot. And this is the slapstick song. So this was supposed to be recorded on their actual, their first official follow-up. Um, which I got to get the, the facts on this one, right? Because uh, there's some crazy stuff. They only recorded six songs before breaking up halfway through record. Oh, okay. It was one of those situations. All right. Oh, yeah, it was supposed to be on Hellcat. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was going to be released in 97. They would have had, potentially, they would have had probably one of the biggest. Absolutely. This could have been the song. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. If this would have came out on Hellcat in 97? Yeah. Crazy. We'd be having different conversations about Slapstick. Yeah. As not the band that could have been. So how did how did it get released? Like, like just way yes. later, they just... So, well, no, in 97, Asian Man got those those songs off of Look It, added the six songs that were recorded, and then just mm. issued it as a compilation. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And that was... Uh, and that's, that's the version people know today, is the complete discography of Slapstick. Um, but, uh, yeah, could have been a different story if uh, they were still touring and everything. That's crazy that that would have dropped at that time on that label like that it would have yeah it would have been as big as any of the other stuff coming out at that time right absolutely and so here's brandon kelly let's just uh get, like we'll close up the episode with a quote uh about why why slapstick broke up slapstick broke up because we couldn't write songs together anymore dan hannaway or i would bring the song in and matt danny and rob wouldn't like it conversely those three would bring in songs and dan and i wouldn't like it the creative process stagnated. It had a lot to do with the fact that none of us really even liked Ska a lot. It was a phase for all of us, and once we got through the phase, writing Ska became hard to do, not to mention silly. We had different ideas about what direction slapsticks should go, and there was no other resolution. We're all still great friends, though. Brendan Kelly, 19-whatever, 90-something. That's fair, I guess. Yep. Just got over Ska, couldn't write the songs anymore. They basically... Perficated in terms of who was writing what kind of songs, and that's why you had basically two completely different bands that right. initially spun right off of it, and then spun spun off more and more as you go. Interesting, and each of them kind of went further and further down the the route that those songwriters were right. already starting to diverge into. Right. So you had the one direction that was like your like your guys who wanted to write more like punk. Mm-hmm. stuff and like maybe even folky punk and then you had your guys that went off to do more emo-y stuff and that was kind of the two direction slapstick went in that's really interesting and and yeah. also like <laughs> i know i know spi has not a phase shirts go buy one but it is fair to be like we started this band we were all into this style of music hmm. we were in this band for a while and our love of that music waned a little bit and we couldn't figure out a way to change into something different like that's that's valid and it's also uh you know it and they were the same lineup basically the whole time and so if you had a a a system where everyone was kind of writing songs in like little cohorts Mm -hmm. uh it's going to inevitably probably create friction in terms of like how the band it's versus you know some of the more like bands like well like less than jake where it's like one so- songwriter who brings all the songs and everyone writes around it yeah. or or a really or, collaborative yeah. effort where everyone's writing parts or whatever or yeah. they're each writing a song each and they bring it in right right, right. or and, everyone writes or we're so, yeah, yeah i yeah, know yeah. what you mean yeah 
Uh, so anyway, that's the that's the history of slapstick, the one and only. What a what a journey! I thought so. What a journey! Well, thanks for listening to Checkered Past. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Checkered Past Pod, or send us an email at checkeredpasspod at gmail.com. To support the podcast, you can sign up for the Checkerhead Patreon to get the episodes uncut in both audio or video format. Or you can buy some merch incoming at checkerpass.ca. Our trombonuses are engineered and edited by Joey. I'm doing it. And our trombonus team was provided by Keelan. And next week we have TBD. Until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Joey. In the mortal words of Slapstick, wasted time, wasted day, wasted day, waste away. (laughs) 